1: listen up rotor grinders it's the ownership report RotoGrinders.com for week 16 in the national football league and a happy holidays to all of you as we come up on that season of the year my name is chris Cimino, projected ownership analyst and joined by eric bind the closer uh, bind what's going on man you you're the last guest on this show before the end of the year are you ready to close strong with absolutely all the information in front of you ready to make all the decisions here on a christmas thursday
2: yeah, and by absolutely all of the information in front of you, you I mean literally none of the information that uh, we're gonna have to make all of our decisions off of. I am. I I was talking to Chop earlier today, and I I do feel a little bit oddly like re- reinvigorated that the NFL is kind of coming down the stretch, and the fact that a lot of these games are actually like kind of meaningful. We don't have as many you know like tanking situations and stuff like even you know the situation like the Lions and stuff. They're 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 trying to win. You know, I mean they just they just boat race the, the Cardinals. And so that aspect is nice. I, I do feel um, like a little more positive uh, about that. However, as we, you know, right before we're, we're recording this, we're getting hit with more and more COVID stuff with just, you know, we don't even know. It's really tough to know how to gauge the slate. Like almost until you get inactive um, on Sunday morning, we will obviously do our best here on, on this show, but uh you know, I think a lot of it is is a little bit theoretical at this point and kind of doing what if what if type stuff, because, you know, you're only going to have an hour and a half before the slate locks once you actually know who's even who's even playing on Sunday. So kind of going through, you know, we obviously just got the Dalvin Cook to the COVID list news today and we have issues with. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and all sorts of different guys and and certainly more to come, right? Uh, it, it's almost a lock that there will be be more to come. So I think these types of shows are definitely don't have all the the, the information to make all the final decisions, but I think we can have good discussion on like kind of figuring out how to handle you, you're really gonna have to be locked in leading up to lock. And hopefully that's what we can help with.
1: Yeah, I and mean, we're we're all constantly dealing with all this changed information. Uh, the, like never before. I mean, last week was just a complete bloodbath. Uh, uh, you know, all, all of my uh, best ball teams got annihilated by COVID. Uh, zero of the – I put 20% of teams through, and I got zero through. So the good, the good news with DFS is we don't have that kind of pain to, to suffer through. We can actually make some changes and adjust, and, and that's what we'll do here at Rotor Grinders, and that's what I expect all of you are going to have to do if you expect to succeed on Sunday. Now, at the quarterback position this week, Starting with a look at DraftKings, Eric, I think that you're going to be looking at Jalen Hurts coming off a strong performance near the top of projected ownership. Of course, this this early in this in this situation, we don't know exactly how it's all going to shake out, but I'll give you my best guess here on a Thursday. I think Hurts, followed by maybe Justin Herbert, will be the top two guys because he's got a matchup with Houston. Who do you see other than those two guys that could creep up towards the top and maybe fall and say the top one or two?
2: Yeah, those two definitely stood out out the most the only other guy that I would mention would probably be Matthew Stafford for whatever reason that the price can has come down on him progressively um you know in in recent in recent weeks and that's the one game that that I think really kind of sticks out on on this slate I, I guess you have maybe you know Chiefs games are, are a little bit interesting but they've kind of lost a little bit of their luster um throughout the course the course of this year and I just think with the way the Rams are playing, obviously the Vikings have a even more condensed offense now, but a generally condensed offense. Um, I think Stafford would be the other guy. I, I think it's a pretty darn clear top three between between those three guys.
1: There's yeah, something special going on there between him and his top wide receiver uh, right now. I mean, as far as NFL seasons that I can remember, legendary connection. Um, so you talk about what's happening here with Herbert. I mean, this guy, he – boy – you look at last year's quarterback draft, and you just you just got a feel for the Dolphins here. Uh, rumors flying about that they were going to take Herbert. Instead, the Chargers get him, and wow, uh, just been been absolutely fantastic. Looking like a good spot here for him to crush. Uh, you getting his top targets back, and of course now no Austin Eckler, so you would have to think that this only increases the chances that they will rely on him just a little bit more. Not saying they'll be in the run, but definitely a Herbert kind kind of game uh, could be incoming.
2: Yeah, I think that's the, so these, these types of games are always maybe some of the most fascinating for DFS, right? You have a, in theory, the expectation that one team is, is pretty much going to run, run away with this, with this game, but we also know they're going to score a bunch of points, right? And so how are they, how are they going to, you know, get, get those points. People always have those concerns about like, oh, they're, they're going to be up by three touchdowns in the second half and, and not throwing. And the chargers are one of the, Uh, maybe fairly few teams now in in the NFL that I don't know that we should ever have that, that concern with them, especially without Austin Eckler. Like I kind of like Justin Jackson. I've always kind of liked Justin Jackson, but I mean, they're not loading him up with 25 carries and Josh Kelly stinks. So like, I, I don't, I don't see a scenario in which they score what we're expecting them to score and Herbert isn't throwing, you know, well into this game and and the Texans you know not the same as the Lions but they put up a little bit of fight now that they're probably going to be without Brandon Cooks here which I don't know how much fight they can put up with without their best their best player but they put up a little bit of fight with with Davis Mills in there so if you get just enough from from the Texans I mean the 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 ceiling is just through the roof here for for Herbert
1: of course, so it hurts that uh, Brandon Cook's not, not available, so you're looking at just absolute nonsense on the other side for the Texans. Uh, certainly cheap nonsense if you want to try to, you know, gamble on – you know, there's, there's some guys that are supposed to be good on that side of the ball, right? <laughs> you know, Nico, Nico Collins was supposed to be a player that could end up being something before it's all said and done, but he's still a rookie, and he's on a terrible team with Davis Mills, so you, you don't really know exactly what you got there. But you do know what you've got with the Chargers, and by the way, Josh Palmer – going to be in there for Jalen Guyton. I think that's an upgrade. I don't know if everyone agrees with that, but that's a situation where I just do like the chargers and what's going to happen here this week. We didn't really talk about Hertz. I mean, obviously you saw what the guy did to the, to the Washington football team this weekend. Giants are generally a slower paced game. Eagles are certainly a slower paced team. Uh, how do you factor that in terms of looking at him as the chalk?
2: Obviously we like the rushing quarterbacks. The matchup is, is, is amazing. I struggle with Hertz in these, these, so like, I don't want to say Daniel Jones makes a difference, but the, the the Jake from Mike Glennon thing is is a situation where this is it's almost like the opposite of the Herbert thing we just talked about, right? The Eagles, you remember the Eagles week when Hertz was super chalk against uh, the Lions and I don't know week six or you know so it's been it's been a long time it's been a long season, but Hertz was you know had a similar price to this coming off a bunch of games where he just. You know, the narrative was he gets there every week. He's running for touchdowns and all that. And certainly the, the median expectation on him. And I guess even the ceiling is 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 there. But I think the Eagles have proven like they really just want to run the ball. Like, let's go in there. Let's load up our running backs and, and a little bit of hurts, too, with carries and get the hell out of here. Right. You know, keep keep the other team from from getting a bunch of big plays and let's just you know run it 50 times and get home. And I think that's what they want to do. So I think, you know, from a tournament perspective at higher ownership, that's when I really start to struggle with, with Hertz. Cause you know, in a back and forth game, you know, they're playing the chiefs or something like that. It's like, okay, wheels up hurts. Cause he's really going to have to be running around and throwing the ball. But in this one, you know, when we do have Herbert, we have the Stafford game and we have, we have some other upside quarterback options and some cheap ones too, that he's the guy I struggle with the most here, particularly at the, you know, at the top of ownership.
1: If, if Jordan Howard's even on your roster, you need to read between the lines there about what kind of football team this is, right? That's like if you, if the, if the team even has them, like it's a, it's a problem for, you know, anyone who's not the top two pass catchers. And certainly you're seeing that uh, with these guys, Watkins and Rager, who otherwise look like they're pretty good players, but they're just not getting any kind of involvement whatsoever in this offense. It's all Goddard and to a lesser extent, Devonte Smith outside the backs. Okay. So Lamar Jackson probably going to be back, I guess, uh, th- this guy is going to be in a huge game against the Bengals. Uh, if he's good to go, how do you feel about him? Uh, the price tag is down as far as we've seen it in a long time.
2: Yeah, I love, I definitely love love Lamar here. I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens with him. Cause I guess, you know, we talked about who you, you kind of asked who could kind of creep up here. And if Lamar does, you know, get ruled in and like everybody feels comfortable with this health and all that um, at this lower price tag. And, and like you said, all the aspects about the game, total must win right for for basically both of these teams definitely the Ravens are you know mid collapse here uh with a with a real shot of missing the playoffs which I don't think people would have thought and honestly the Ravens are not very good <laughs> that's another thing that I don't think people quite quite realize is the, the Ravens are frankly just not a very good football team and the defense is, is is horrid the defense is absolutely awful so if you get Lamar back here sub 7k on DraftKings and the field is like maybe a little bit skittish I mean they are clearly, you know, similar to the Chargers. Again, a team that is willing to, even with Tyler Huntley, play aggressively, throw the ball. We know that these quarterbacks will, will run. They have no run game. Devonta Freeman and Latavius Murray and these guys are just, are not going to be able to grind out wins for them. So if it's Lamar or even if it's Huntley, you know, whoever is back there at quarterback, it is on them to win this game. And the Bengals defense is like, you know, whatever. It's one of those matchups you just don't really care about. So I do, I do actually, I, I, Lamar might be the quarterback I'm most interested in like seeing where ownership comes in later this week. Cause if he's, if he is lower owned than Stafford and Herbert and Hertz and stuff, I'll be even more interested than I am today.
1: Yeah. That, that's going to do it for the guys who are like, obviously like just, just complete stone smash. I guess you can throw Patrick Mahomes in here because he's always a, potential stone smash against the Steelers a little bit tougher of a matchup but again I'm not really going to back away from that I think there's bigger questions on that team right now though than whether or not the matchup is tough for Patrick here so we'll get into that later just just in general uh Patrick if he's owned even at all right now he's coming in at like you know between five and ten percent uh do you have any interest in Patrick
2: sort of I think on a, on a lot of weeks that we've had for maybe the past month or so where honestly, you know, we were deciding between some really, really bad, really bad quarterbacks. Um, I think you could just be like, it's Patrick Mahomes. It's the chiefs. You know, obviously, like you said, we have some other things we have to consider. If there's no Tyreek and Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes can be as great as he wants to, but I, I'm not sure that Michael Harmon is going to carry him to a, to a GPP winning winning game. If those two guys do happen to, to come back by Sunday, I think it's a little more interesting, but you know, we have, we, we just talked about four, four different guys that have pretty, pretty strong projections, ceiling, everything. So it's a little bit tougher for me to get to him this week.
1: Yeah. If you go over on FanDuel, especially if you guys are out there playing on FanDuel, like the pricing is going to be so light over there. When you talk about having Buccaneers value at running back and having yeah. Vikings running back value, quarterbacks going to be an easy to spend over there. So you're going to see all those guys that we just talked about, just get condensed ownership. Somebody's going to be really highly on for sure. Um, and that's a situation where, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit later than show about ways to get a little bit different. If you need to at quarterback, I'm not saying do it. I'm saying, if you need to, it's going to be easier on FanDuel do that. than on DraftKings where, uh, you know, these guys are going to be a little bit more spread out. So once you get past Mahomes though, I think, I don't know, you want to say Tom Brady could get up there because his pass catching options are now suddenly going to be very cheap. Uh, I'll believe that, uh, you know, Justin Fields, because he finally did something, but it wasn't even a good game. <laughs> it wasn't. Jesper Horstead won me money, by the way. I didn't, I didn't play Jesper Horstead, but the touchdown did not going to any of the other receivers actually ended up yep. profiting me for me. So, you know, Justin Fields, is he a guy that's going to get up here? Who else is, is actually out there that's going to have any ownership? Anybody?
2: I don't think so. The only other guy I would mention would be Burrow. Um, I think that game is fairly appealing. You know, he has two very fairly straightforward stacking options. And I think um, the narrative around the Ravens defense is, you know, I was saying that their defense thinks I am I, not the only person that can, that can see that they're down, you know, basically all their starting defensive backs uh, and some good ones from the start of the the, the season. Um, an interesting thing about Burrow, I, I'm I'm quite interested in Burrow as well, but if he, if he is like not going to be super owned, if you look back at last week, in that Packers game, he like Aaron Rodgers probably could have had like five touchdowns is something, something absolutely ridiculous. And so if, you know, Lazard dropped one or two of them, he missed them once, you know, they, they double team Devontae Adams the whole game, Who are, they can't double team chaser higgins you know and so i think burrow has a has a you know under 6k would be probably my my go-to option because i just don't think they're going to be able to score many points trying to grind out Mixon, he's also banged up so kind of all signs point to maybe a little bit of a, a, a sneaky ish shootout in this game so if you want to play the opposite side of lamar i do think burrow's pretty appealing
1: 403 against the ravens last time they played and i think i believe uh chase uh absolutely gave them the, you know, the stone cold stunner, just absolutely knocked them out with like a 200 yard game or something, something like that. So, yeah. I mean, that's a definite situation where you, you know, match up no longer to be feared with the Ravens uh, com- coming up here uh, this weekend, we got a lot of stuff coming out on Roto premium. If you guys uh, care to see what we're up to, especially with these ownership projections as they will change, all throughout the weekend we're get, you know we got showdown stuff coming out uh get up into the right hand corner and click on the premium section and try us out uh i promise you you will find something to like on roto grinders premium now at the running back position there is definitely something to like here uh if you like uh ronald jones getting there in the fantasy playoffs for every uh everyone every you know went out there was betting on him in, in the best ball season how do you feel about this by the way uh Fournette was the, the absolute play of the entire season and now suddenly it's Ronald Jones for playoff run.
2: I mean, I'd be lying if I said I felt comfortable ever with anything revolving around around Ronald Jones. I mean, the the stuff that Arians has said about him, you know, he, he said it earlier, even earlier this year. Well, I think he said he was like technically going to be the starter. And I, you know, he he still didn't didn't do anything. You know, he's he's hyping him up. I get it, right? They brought in freaking Le'Veon Bell. But like I I just see many scenarios in which Rojo does something stupid, like Rojo does, drops a pass, miss, misses a blitz pickup or whatever, and Brady just goes out and slings it 50 times. Even though this matchup is this matchup is absolutely set up for Ronald Jones. Carolina passing defense is, is fairly decent, right? I know AB is back, but there's no Godwin, you know, so it's set up for Ronald Jones. But you know, I'd be lying if I said like I felt really comfortable if he's going to come in super owned, um, because I'm still not expecting a lot of uh, pass catching. And, and I'm not sure that any time, you know, you have a, like a, a fragile type of type of situation. And maybe it's maybe I'm just being, you know, overly dramatic and it's not as fragile as I think. But I just tend to think about you know you get to these backup running backs, guy like Tom Brady back there. Right. The coaches can say whatever they want. But ultimately, this is Brady's show. And if, and if, if he doesn't if he doesn't feel comfortable with what Rojo is is doing back there. Hey, he, he still might play and Brady just might throw or they, they, they might go to, to to somebody else here
1: well well, look, I don't feel comfortable with Ronald Jones really in any situation either is where <laughs> you started that conversation. And I'm not saying don't play Ronald Jones, because yeah. certainly there's a situation. But if you look at the Carolina Panthers just as a team, it's one of the most criminally mismanaged offenses in terms of talent in the league right now. And the defense, like, you don't even know who half these guys are. And they just completely, you know, just play extremely, extremely well week in and week out, or at least most weeks. So the bottom line is that i'm not like super enthusiastic about ronald jones chalk especially since i know you know Keyshawn vaughn's not i mean he's he's not dead meat back there like if if, if jones no. fumbles or something i mean you could be seeing you know a lot of different stuff happen here in this back. i think they just, they just signed levy on bell he won't do anything this week but you know that, that not a lot of trust there with ronald jones for me alexander madison's a different story matchup is not fantastic against the rams but matchups don't matter in nfl dfs it's the opportunity that we are looking for kenny wangu certainly not going to get back there for significant snaps as long as madison is in shape and not badly damaged by the covid virus at this moment in time which i don't think we actually know but assuming that's the case i mean we can expect a pretty big workload here for madison right
2: yeah definitely i mean you just get these situations right like the difference in talent from dalvin cook to alexander madison is what Negligible at, at at best. I mean, Dalvin is probably a little bit better, but nothing to wear you know, especially at running back that that we care about. And if Dalvin Cook were six point eight k on DraftKings in this matchup, we would be like, oh my god, are, how are we playing Dalvin in one hundred percent of lineups or ninety five percent of lineups? And so it, it's a fairly similar situation for for Madison, and, and that's part of why like the Ronald Jones thing. And we'll probably get to some other running backs are a little bit kind of sketchier for me. Is you have this guy and you know, like Mike Zimmer is just gonna he's gonna run and he probably believes and maybe rightfully so actually is his path to winning this game is pounding the rock right keep it away from stafford and the high powered offense right he's a traditional old school coach that's and he he might even be right about about that so uh, madison is just going to get all all the opportunity there's probably no better bet actually would almost guarantee there's no better bet for you know 100 yards and a touchdown uh, uh at running back on this slate than him so he's a, he's definitely going to be a tough fade. The only thing I will say is, you know, it probably comes down to a lot more roster construction. We do have a fair, you know, you can save a little bit more with some different guys that we'll, we'll get to Ronald Jones being one of them as well. If you really want to, you know, Cooper cups, expensive, his teammate, Justin Jefferson's expensive. There's some good wide receivers, obviously the elite tight ends. So it's a little bit more of a roster construction than obviously some game theory aspects to Madison, but you know, like you said, I don't care about the matchup. Uh, he, he's he's I mean, he, he's going to project for what the most raw points on the on the slate at running back at sixty eight hundred. What's not to love?
1: Yeah, you mentioned Mike Zimmer being a boomer. I actually accused him of being a boomer in NFL alerts chat uh, this week, and then I accidentally googled him and saw who he's dating, and I yeah. said, "Whoa, yeah. <laughs> boy, this guy." Hats up to this guy. Stay young out there, Mike Zimmer, uh, and <laughs> definitely pound the rock here with Alexander Madison this coming weekend. Okay, so no Austin Eckler, we've got Justin Jackson checking in as shotgun. I mean, I think these guys are gonna be, you know, upwards of 20 plus percent owned this week, all three of the guys we just talked about. Uh, Jackson, I assume, again, you know, we'll see how the projections play out by the time it's Sunday morning, but if he's, you know, above, you know, 13 fantasy points where we have him right now, you're going to be finding Justin Jackson on a lot of teams at 4,200 and that's just the way it is. You know, you mentioned Josh, Josh Kelly stinks, so it's i mean not that justin jackson's going to get a ton of touches but i do think that he's more likely for passing game work and just in general more likely to get in the box here so against houston especially so not what's not to like hear about justin jackson other than the ownership
2: yeah same thing and i I definitely have a little bit of bias i've been kind of a a little bit of a justin jackson stand. Uh, he he can't stay healthy is actually I, i don't think it's a talent issue really with with justin jackson he is just gotten banged up throughout his his entire career he's actually been fairly effective in any sort of you know limited duty that he's ever gotten and we've even gotten a couple times similar situations to this where like Eckler or other guys were out I think Melvin Gordon back in the day and and he uh he would step in and he, and he would play fine That the, the issue is just fairly similar to Ronald Jones not that I'm expecting Justin Jackson to like get benched that's a little bit more of the concern with with Rojo it, it's just that I mean, I I can't even guarantee that he's going to get the most touches in this backfield. Like we are making that assumption, and I think it's the most logical assumption. I also totally agree that he's the most likely guy for passing work, which is maybe the most important thing here, but I assume they'll call up Larry Roundtree, right? And when they do have Josh Kelly, and that you know, maybe those guys are the goal linebacks, right? They're a little bit bigger guys and maybe they play a hot hand maybe round tree which has happened actually this year round three rips off a big run the next thing you know he gets the next two series and and you know there, there are enough running back plays here that that i think are reasonable that you know if we get rojo and justin jackson as super super chalky plays with like actually some real fragility when we have like some other like real workhorses basically on, on the, you know, Madison is obviously the, the keynote one, but there's other guys too that, that I think are, are pretty strong. So that's where I struggle definitely on, on this slate is when we start to get some fairly strong projections and some fairly strong plays. And then you're playing these guys that, you know, they definitely have a lot of downside and fragility to uh, their projection and their role overall.
1: Yeah, I mean, those are some good points here for sure about the uncertainty in the backfield for Los Angeles, but um, I, I, will, I will say that uh, it, it's, it's probably not going to stop me from getting him on one team at least, uh, yeah. but it, it, is, uh, it, it is a little concerning that there's a hot hand situation at large here. And you, you mentioned Larry Roundtree jumping into the mix to, to throw a little bit of risk on that Justin Jackson fire. Now, if you rewind the clock, 13 months, uh, you, you can just picture the daily fantasy community and the fantasy community in general, you know, that, you know, that gift where they're carrying the casket and dancing inside that casket was David Montgomery. And all of a sudden this dude just slapped everyone and said, not so fast. You know, I can, I'm, I'm a yards created King. I can, I can, I can keep my plays alive better than my opponents can bring me down. And all of a sudden we're looking at David Montgomery as a very reliable asset in daily fantasy guaranteed all the touches in the backfield pretty much guaranteed to have the first crack at the goal line and very useful in the passing game at times and now you've got a match up with Seattle so how do you feel about 5700 David Montgomery all things considered probably would have been one of the chalkier plays if we didn't have this other value open up
2: yeah the, the other thing about him is I don't think people quite realize the extent to which he he's a workhorse on this offense not even just the things the things that you said like Everybody talks about Najee, Nagy, right? Najee's like the one guy now that you know plays every snap and plays third downs and goal line and all that. Montgomery has seeded a few snaps here and there to Khalil Herbert or Damian Williams, but it's basically his his backfield. And like you said, he plays goal line, he plays third downs. He's a little bit better than you know the the DFS community like to maybe give 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 him credit for. Again, I, I guess I'm just throwing shade at all these chalky running backs, aside from aside from Madison. That the issue is just that offense like I mean I'm still a little bit bullish on Justin Fields long term but I'm certainly not bullish on Matt Nagy long term not really bullish on their 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 weapons and so you know Seattle is in both of these teams are uh, we kind of talked about the Eagles earlier if picture two teams that want to get in there run the ball and get the hell out of there it's the it's the Bears and 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 the Seahawks this might be the lowest Amount of plays on the on the entire slate and so it's just another one if he's catching ownership like a bears a bears running back on a slate with a bunch of guys you know so all these guys can't catch ownership right we're on our fourth running back here and so that's the thing i'll mostly be monitoring like if nobody is going to play montgomery Okay, he can go 102 here, but if we're, if we're going to latch on to David Montgomery, the, the workhorse, and maybe people are scared of Rojo or, or d- don't need the savings for Justin Jackson, I think that's kind of some of the stuff we're talking about uh, between some of these guys because they're in interesting kind of bizarre situations, whether it's bad offenses or maybe a little bit of a, a sketchy role.
1: Oh, don't worry. We, we talked about four running backs and we're probably talking about two or three more. But then then I, then I want to hear your take on everybody else, because just like just like last week, uh, it, it's not it's not so friendly down past uh, the first couple of guys. Uh, nope. you know, and, and by and by the way, with COVID, it's probably going to get worse. So yeah. you name it. I mean, what's the percentage chance that one of the guys we just talked about is going to be out? I mean, it's it's way worse than you'd hope.
2: Um, yeah, it's way too high. It's way too high.
1: James Robinson, hey, he uh, was shocked last week and he didn't ruin people's lineup. So that's, uh, I mean, that's, the, uh, that's not bad, okay? But now we've got the Jets coming in here. Uh, the Jacksonville offense is absolutely future. I mean, just like one of the worst I've ever seen. And it shouldn't, man. maybe it should be. But I mean, you know, James Robinson certainly is not too bad. Uh, 5,900 for price tag on DraftKings. He's w- very expensive on FanDuel. So if you're playing on FanDuel, I don't think he'll be as chalky um what's your take on Robinson going against the Jets here uh looks like a spot to me where you'd probably rather throw it
2: yep I totally agree I I mean I guess it's the the same thing with with all of these guys it's just we're getting I mean I, I couldn't agree more with the Jags sentiment and I think last week was like I maybe held out a little bit of hope coming into last week I'm like okay they stink like there's no question about that that offense is Literally, like you said, one of the worst I've ever seen, but okay, we're going to get the Texans and then we're going to get the jets. It's like, even they can put up some points on, on these guys. Right. No, at, I mean, last week was one of the most pathetic performances I've ever seen against a Texans team. That is just, you know, they, they've given up, right. The, the, the Texans team is not even really interested in winning and the Jags couldn't even like, keep it particularly close with them and they couldn't score points. What one touchdown, you know, I mean, so it's just another situation. Like he's going to project well, right the matchup is great he's getting all of the work you know he catches passes their team total is reasonable enough for for a Jags team but it's just can James Robinson bury me in tournaments like he couldn't do it against the Texans and like even even at like 25 points I would love to have of course I would love to have 25 points from James Robinson on on my team but like is he ever really burying burying you like Alexander Madison can bury you in my opinion that's a scarier fade than than James Robinson and so you know last week he got in the box he played every snap he got a bunch of targets and he scored 15 fantasy points like what are we talking about here you know so he's it's just another kind of the similar similar story where we're running down this list of either running backs with sketchy roles or the role's not bad, but they're on like one of the worst offenses in the league. And if those situations get ownership, I, I, I tend to prefer to look elsewhere.
1: There are, what is it? So it's week 16. There are three weeks left in the regular season. How many touchdowns will Miles Scanners score in three weeks? Is the answer zero? Because I think that's like the line, right? I think that the line yes. is 0. 0.5 uh, <laughs> for Miles Sanders. So what do you think?
2: The line is definitely 0. 0.5 but he's the first guy I'm kind of excited for out of, out of this group. Actually um, we talked about Hertz and we talked about how the Eagles want to play. Um, I think miles, you know, came back from a, uh, an injury last week and was, you know, basically the, the, the workhorse, obviously Jordan Howard mixed in, but a, a good chunk of Jordan Howard's carries were in the fourth quarter when that game was completely, was completely out of hand. Um, I, I think that they can their offense, particularly their run game can just absolutely overmatch this, this, uh, giants offense and, and the giant or this giants defense, and talk about a team that's quit. I mean, come on, the giant, the, the giants are not interested in playing out the rest of this, this season. So if I was going to bet a Miles Sanders touchdown at the line is definitely 0.5, but I think this is the week. And then when you factor in this ownership and maybe hurts, gets some ownership, we'll talk about Goddard later, get some ownership. I think miles Sanders makes quite a bit of sense as a leverage play it, through it for a bunch of different reasons.
1: Yeah, uh, just just not going too well for for Joe Judge, uh, brother of a girl I went to college with. Shout out Janine. But uh, this uh, situation, not, not not really bearing the way that he had hoped here in New York. I don't know if he's going to be able to stick around here, but uh, certainly he's going to have to show some kind of signs of life here uh, in the coming weeks. I, I don't know if he's going to – let's not get into the coaching carousel right now. I just yeah. – you know, the, the Giants have definitely not been showing in their best work, as you alluded to. So uh, Joe Joe, uh, Mixon here is a situation that's interesting. I think the ownership is probably going to get tamped down uh, just a little bit. I think the passing game work, honestly, is really starting to hamper his ownership on DraftKings, uh, just not really getting a ton of it. Uh, The the touchdowns are there for him. Like, he's definitely a guy who can get there for DFS via that uh, parabolic upside. But if you actually throw in some targets at this guy's mix, he could really be huge. What's the situation? Are you getting involved against the Ravens?
2: I don't think so. The Ravens are definitely, um, you know, putting our hand in the dirt for a quick second. A team I, I would much rather attack via the pass. And I think that's, it's really almost, even when they had all their guys, that was a little bit just the way that they, they play this crazy, you know, they have a good front. They play a super pressure pack defense, bring in blitzes and everything like that. And the Bengals are not a particularly efficient rushing offense. You know, they, their O-line is absolutely abysmal. And That can be okay, right? We see that with Najee, right? The Steelers can't run on the Steelers couldn't run on the, the Jets, but if if you have a role that obviously gets you the goal line work and gives you passing game work, it, it you know you, you can you can be just fine in fantasy. But Joe Mixon has lost that passing game role. So now not only is he he dinged up, so Maj Ryan is playing most of the passing down snaps. You know, Joe Mixon gets gets a little bit of work here and there, but we're back to old school, like. P Ryan has just taken that. If you remember, like the old Gio Bernard role, and why Mixon was never un- really like you know unlocked in in fantasy. We've kind of taken that step back with Mixon. So when you combine all those things, like a little bit of a rough matchup and, and and all of that, Mixon is is low on my on my list.
1: Yeah, it's it, the ownership is probably going to reflect that too. So I don't know if the fade's going to get you anywhere in terms of edge on the field, but it is certainly, if you, again, if you're not feeling the upside, what's the point? It, we do need to score fantasy points to win. Okay. Outside of the guys we just talked about, then we got a big list of guys of question marks, lies split backfields that could end up being huge. And I'll just give you some examples in this. Okay. So just guys, we don't really know what to think about. I mean, Michael Carter uh, against the Jacksonville he's not the, the it's the other Michael Carter who's out with COVID right not this Michael Carter yes, I think that the was the corner that was yeah yeah so I mean he's again he could be loaded up here against uh, Jacksonville and the matchup is certainly pristine for that but I again Jets running back not going to follow ourselves I mean Najee Harris I mean I mean this guy is like good for like every snap and like point Oh, Oh five fancy points per snap or something. I mean, this guy just cannot yep. get huge games going so far in his career. And, uh, the Kansas city matchup in earlier in the year was a lot better than it is now. So I don't think people are going to be excited about that. Patterson, uh, you know, he's, he's scoring touchdowns. I'll give you that. The matchup's great. So what about Patterson? Give me, give me a quick take on Cordell Patterson. Then we'll move on to the wide receivers.
2: Yep. He's my favorite guy probably of, of, of the rest of these guys. Matchup is obviously great with the lions, no matter how many cool hype videos we see of Dan Campbell on, on Twitter after, after wins in, in the locker room, Uh there was a little bit of concerns for CPAT, you know, for a, a stretch there losing Mike Davis started to, to pick up snaps. Then we saw last week CPAT really spiked back up over 60% of, of the snaps. And I think, you know, they're, 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 whether, whether they should be or not, they're still fighting here down the stretch, the Falcons are, and he's, depending on what you think of Kyle Pitts he's he's their best player so when when you get a Lions matchup you know we know he has a he has some kind of passing game role he gets goal line work we've seen what 35 plus point fantasy games before whether that's fluky or not the upside exists on a guy that they'll throw him goal line fades (laughs) and he's in and and he's a running back so um, I think he has a ton of upside at fair you know reasonably low low ownership so I'm pretty excited about him actually
1: yeah so that that's That's going to do it for the chalkier running backs. Let's get the wide receivers so we can have some time for low owned plays. So before we talk about Cooper cup, one place you might want to examine the prop for Cooper cup is thrive. Fantasy come prop up on thrive. Fantasy, this football season bind for, it's a place where you can play fantasy sports, but with props. So you get eliminate the hours researching the, the shitty guys that we're going to talk about here at the, at the low own section plays you just focus on the top guys, 10, 20 guys. That's, a, that's, who's going to be in the player pool for you. You pick your 10 best and each prop's going to have an over and an under, like over unders tend to have uh, hit the most props. And when you share the price will use promo code grinders. When you sign up and you'll receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to 250 bucks plus two free $20 tickets with a deposit of 10 bucks. Now, if you put uh you know, 100 to 499, you'll actually get four of those tickets. If you get it to $500, bucks, you will get six free tickets. Download the Thrive Fantasy app in the Play Store or in the App Store. Visit thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. And like I said, Cooper Cup's the guy who's going to be on there because it's only the studs over there. And uh, if you want to play Cooper Cup, you're going to have to play 9100, and that seems like a bargain. So what are we talking about? We're playing Cooper yeah. Cup again, right?
2: Yeah, I don't have much to – much to really even say uh, about Cooper cup. I think the only thing to consider is like any sort of possible leverage. We didn't talk about like Sony Michelle or something. And I'm not particularly fascinated by that situation, but the only reason, you know, to, especially depending upon the field that you're in, maybe if you're in a smaller field tournament or something, and we, we might see some absolutely insane ownership for a $9,100 guy, you know, you can start, to, you know, there starts to become a tipping point in terms of some of these other Rams guys as, as leverage, but I mean, what what the matchup is great everything man. you can't say anything negative about this guy he's he's, he's a, a very different looking version of old school Calvin Johnson
1: uh to- totally not worth over talking about Cooper Cup here he's going to be very highly owned especially on FanDuel but uh just go ahead and I mean that, I mean you can afford him on FanDuel's why he's gonna be high, high run, even though it's not PPR yeah. but what are we talking about here I mean uh go go listen to another show if you want to hear about what's you know whether or not you should play cooper cup because of the ownership or whatever even though that's generally what we talk about here i'm just going to say he is going to be in line for a huge fantasy score every week and if you're one of these bros out there who thinks that playing the ownership game means fading an absolutely massive probability play by all means go listen to those people i'm not going to tell you that he's been a stud all year matchup with minnesota tends to lead to blow up games situations where guys go off in fantasy so cooper cup looking pretty good again now i have more concerns about Antonio Brown, who should be chalky if he is 4,900 and expected to score uh, somewhere between, you know, 13, 15 fantasy points on a median basis, depending on who's doing the projection. Uh, The issue that I have with him is that he has not been around for several weeks. Uh, He is someone who has got a certain number of issues to begin with. And, you know, he's 33 years old. Is he going to walk in here and just get a full complement of snaps just because these other guys are out or are they going to rely on the guys that have been in the building for more time than he has i mean what's the situation here i mean i think in general we can trust that he's going to play a good amount but is this a full-time player we're talking about with antonio brown
2: yeah see i don't really think so i mean i i certainly get the appeal of of ab but i think he was never and now granted this was with Chris Godwin but even when like Godwin Evans would get banged up he's a little bit of a role player right like let's call it 65 percent of snaps or, or something like that with you know upside of 70 to 75 and I, I don't really see that changing maybe there's a couple a couple more more targets but like you said he's been he's older, he's been out of the, you know, I I think all that, you know, he looked good earlier this year. I'm not denying that he's still a good football player. All the reports are that, you know, he looks great and blah, 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 but he had an ankle injury. Then he's had his suspension issue. I think that there's a lot of reasons to think like, okay, he can have a good game and and he's probably in your cash game lineup. but it's kind of similar to some of those running back things like you know, if he doesn't catch a touchdown, what are we even talking about here? And and, and I don't think he's the guy without Godwin that you're like, oh my God, he's going to come hang a Cooper cup line on me. You know, he can catch a bomb or something like that, but I would be more concerned about like, you know, Gromp catching three or Evans catching three or, you know, something like that than AB. Than so if he's going to be this owned, yeah, I, I tend to lean a little bit away from him just because of all the uncertain things you brought up.
1: Unrelated, but never forget, he froze his own feet in his hyperbaric chamber. <laughs>
2: So gave himself frostbite. I uh, just can't get over that story. It's just crazy to me. Okay, I like that so, you said that. You said, what, how, did, how did you phrase it? That he, he has some issues or something like that. that you phrase it. You yeah. said it very, very PC.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's definitely, he's definitely not the most stable person in the league. And that's an understatement. Tyreek Hill is a player who might not even play this week because I guess he's on the COVID list. But we don't seem as concerned about this as we do with other players for some reason. Yeah. Why are we not? To, why is he still in my projections? Why, why aren't we taking him out?
2: I mean, I don't I, I don't have any read. Like, I guess I don't know. How, I don't know how anyone can have any read on the, the COVID situations. I did see just a quick side diatribe. Somebody mentioned, you know, the Browns had all of the their, their, they got their game pushed back. Right. Obviously, because they had so many, so many COVID issues got pushed back two days and they still only had one guy return from, uh, you know, the, the COVID list, even though the game got pushed back, which is like, so why the hell did we push the game back? But I, I, so like, I guess I'm trying to use that in a little bit of logic on if these guys are gonna play, but I mean, how the hell does anyone know? I I, I don't think anybody can really come up with any, any real true educated guess. To your point though, it, it has me a little bit interested in like, no one, even if those guys play and we get work, we get the Shefty bomb overnight, right? on on Sat, On Saturday night no one, everyone's been planning for those guys to be, to be out. And so now you're going to give me Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey, like I said, the matchups, whatever, it's fine at like, especially with Cooper cup up there. Well, I mean, what are these guys going to be the lowest ownership maybe they've ever had in the history of DFS. So I, I think it's a, it's a, it's an interesting situation, but I am kind of planning for them to be out, but it's another one of those Sunday morning. Like when Sunday morning comes around, you better be prepared to think this one through.
1: Look, we, we know who's hanging around DFS these days. Uh, at the end of the year time four. it's not the guys who are not following along and if he, if he I mean if they're back they're not going to be the lowest owned guys in DFS especially on Fanduel. where like where are you going to spend the, is Cooper Cup going to be 90 percent owned over there like I mean like yes. I mean if yes like he might be but like like Tyreek Hill is going to get some ownership there I mean there's no way to spend
2: and Kelsey's the tight end. So I think Fan, FanDuel is the one where dra- – DraftKings, it could be a little bit more in- interesting because, yeah. you know, you have money to spend, but it's it's a little bit tighter. FanDuel, if they get ruled in, everybody's going to put them in their projections, and yeah, they're definitely going to pop. So,
1: For what it's worth, the guys in chat were telling me that they – you know, they, they think there's some optimism that both of those guys can come off the list, which is why they're actually in the projections and why they actually still have ownership projections. But if obviously if I take these guys out of the ownership projections with, with the numbers they're getting, it's going to skyrocket Cooper Cup. It's going to, anyone who costs money that you want to play, Keenan Allen, I mean, these guys are just going to start going through the roof. So that's the kind of week we're looking at here if we lose those guys.
2: Um, really quick, can we, can we what, what, have you done what if on like a Hardman or anybody like that? If, uh, no. if you were to pull them out? You don't want to
1: do no, that No, <laughs> I, I, I've not allowed my mind to get there yet. I mean, one, one thing, one terrible situation at a time. I mean, you're talking about Byron Pringle, uh, Demarcus Robinson. I mean, what else, is, is Josh Gordon going to emerge from the grave if that happens? I mean, there's a lot to think about here as far as the Chiefs are concerned. But part, I would say that the running backs will end up being people that we're interested in as well. But God, don't, don't even joke about that. Okay, so <laughs> Marquise Brown. Boy, 5,800 is a pretty good tag for him. You mentioned not being scared of the Bengals as a matchup. Uh, fantasy points-wise, maybe we're aggressive at 14 here. I don't, I don't really know where everyone's at as far as what w- we think he's a pretty good uh, way to go this week. H- how are you treating Marquise Brown?
2: Yeah, on one hand, I, well, I love the price. That, that, that's for sure. I, I also don't think people quite understand how kind of big of a volume hog he, he has been he's viewed as right like the it's almost like the the baby Tyreek Hill syndrome people think Tyreek is just this down the field bomber but he's actually like a, a crazy high target share and gets a ton of short to intermediate work and Hollywood has has been that and he really was that last week it was almost embarrassing how low his I mean he was just catching two yard pass after two yard pass from Tyler Huntley will that happen with Lamar I don't I don't think Lamar will lock in on him on these little you know, two yard check downs quite as much. Lamar, I think will push the ball down the field, but that, that also is what unlocks unlocks his, his upside. So I, he's also the kind of guy in, you know, if you're interested in this game, whether you're playing Lamar or you're playing burrow, He's the kind of guy I really like in these kinds of games because you just get these lid lifters that just open the game up, right? You get the one 60-yard touchdown. We saw you, you mentioned it with Chase earlier, right? He had 200 yards with an 80-yard touchdown. The next thing you know, there's 40 points on one side, and it just speeds that game up. It's like the anti-Bears Seahawks that we talked about earlier, right? There's no, there's no way that that game is getting sped up. But in this, you get one big bomb, then maybe you get one on the other side, and the next thing you know, like that's the game you have to have in tournaments. So that's a big reason why I like him too.
1: Gonna fly through the rest of these guys. So we're, I think we're playing the charges for playing uh, Justin Herbert. I'll get your take in a second on whether we're playing him if we're not playing Justin Herbert. Justin Jefferson is, God, I mean the matchup's not fantastic, but I mean where else are they going with the football? It's it's him. It's the it's the running back Madison, and then you know if Theon's around, they'll probably get him mixed in to this particular group as well. But Jefferson's a complete beast. I don't think we're worried about Jalen Ramsey or anyone else on earth when it comes to playing him. So if you're stacking that game, that could be an interesting run back. It looks like you got him tagged here uh, for your conviction play for the week. Uh, Nico Collins is 3.4. I tried my best to to, to make sure that the passing efficiency was down as far as it could possibly go uh, in this matchup with the Chargers and having no offensive weapons. But even so, Nico Collins still looking like he's going to have to get approached double digit fantasy points on a median basis. And at 3.4, that's a play that's, you know, he could be higher owned if there wasn't so much other value on this particular week. And I still suspect you'll see him in a good number of lineups. Uh, Mooney. I don't know. I mean, he's mid-priced. Uh, same with D- DJ Moore. Was, he was trying to get a lot of ownership and they're going to throw the ball a lot here. I mean, these two mid-priced guys, Mooney and Moore, they could see some ownership and then God, RIP Allen Robinson. He's 4k questionable uh, tag right now, but he's 4k fine for Is Anyone playing Allen Robinson?
2: No, but can you? Has I, I would love to sit here and go on some rant about Allen Robinson, like, oh, this talent is too good. The matchup is good, blah, blah, blah. But like, what, what are we doing here? The guy, You you have to show me something at some point throughout the entire year, like at least like signs of life. And maybe, you know, we can convince ourselves on the BS like air yards and all that kind of it's nothing. There, there's not a metric you can point to that that says he should be more than 4k and like i we talked about the bears offense why am i wasting? why oh, i i don't know i don't there's there's too many other options right and there's going to be more you may, there's going to be more that open up by sunday i just don't want to mess around with it anyone else that you think is going to be chalky here uh so we mentioned the Chargers real
1: quick are you playing them if you're not playing a keenan allen stack or yeah justin herbert stack
2: i don't i don't think so not if i'm not playing keenan and it, it wouldn't be because they're they're not they're not good plays, but I think you can probably get raw points projections somewhere close enough with like, like chase, right? Just play Jamar chase or play T Higgins or play Hollywood or something like that. If you're attacking that game, as opposed to like a one-off Keenan Allen. So I think, no. I think
1: we could talk all day about running about wide receivers. If we have the time, which we don't, um, it, what we do have time for is to get over to Roto grinders and click on the DFS OGs league, uh, get in there and play against those guys. <laughs> Uh, notorious head shopper, beer maker, sparing, get your share of what's going down in the OG's league on FanDuel. Uh, On our homepage, we got a link there. Go hang out with those dudes. Uh, Hang out with, uh, you know, probably hang out with Dallas Goddard, though, too, because if you are uh, playing the the idea that the Eagles are going to go ahead and do well in this game like they did against the Eagle or the uh, Washington football team, Goddard's, like, pretty much the only show in town. Looking like the guy we thought he was, is he going to do it again as Chalk?
2: I hope not. Cause I probably won't play him, but, uh, hard to, hard to like really say anything negative about Goddard because he's the guy, even with everything, like I kind of gave my take on the game and how the Eagles want to approach this game. He's the one guy that's almost like immune to that. Right. It's not like they're going to throw it five times. This isn't the, the Patriots game plan in the wind. They're, they're going to throw it just enough. And like, it's him. It's it, it, it. He's he's the passing offense. He's the red zone passing offense. So he he's yeah I, I definitely get he's a tough fade I would just be making sure I'm smart about how I'm, like I don't really love like a one off Dallas Goddard because I'm not so certain that that makes sense um, in in tournaments but I think if you're being smart about how you're playing him obviously at five point one he looks he looks really good Kelsey
1: if he's out uh you know we won't discuss Travis Kelsey here I think that's going to boost the ownership of guys like Gronk and Mark Andrews on this slate so i expect both of those guys to have a pretty good amount of ownership i think both of those guys are well merited as high upside fantasy plays at the tight end position but i think you're going to have a bunch of people along for the ride if you play those guys uh but they score touchdowns and we like that for daily fantasy uh commit 3.3 he's the probably the best cheap guy that i see here uh unless i'm i'm viewing this wrong is there anybody on the cheap side that you think is going to be chalky
2: not that I think is going to be going to be chalky Comet gets just a bunch of volume. So he's always going to project well, but it's same bears, white wash, rinse, repeat at a new position with a, with a bears guy that they're all just cheap. So they project fair enough, but like, how much do I really want to invest in that offense?
1: If you're not playing Goddard Gronkowski or Andrews, you're probably, and if Kelsey is, if, of course, Kelsey, if he's in, uh, you're not really going to be looking at a bunch of ownership at the tight end position. So not really a lot of discussion game theory wise or whether the plays or the fades there. Uh, Certainly from, if you're playing it from the low owned angle, Hey, who can, who can we play at low ownership to maybe get there in these big tournaments? Maybe we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. Okay. So the defenses right now early. This is still pretty early, but the Falcons are showing up as high, possibly high owned against the Lions. The bears are showing up against the Seahawks and looks like the chargers against the Houston Texans are the top three on the board at the moment. Uh, Is there someone else below this that you're seeing as a potential chalk defense that we may need to consider getting away from more often in the
2: field? I don't think so. The only one I would maybe add is, is we did see people spend up a little bit more last week. And if we get into any sort of, uh, uh, you know, situation where we have like more value opens up even more than what we're talking about, about right here, I do think the Eagles people love to pick on the giants. They're going to have, one of Mike Lennon or Jake Fromm back there, which people love to and rightfully so love to pick on those backup guys. So maybe a little bit there, but no, I, I think it's definitely um, and I was going through it and running some optimals and and built hand building some teams and stuff too. And it was fairly clearly uh, the the spend down and then maybe the chargers.
1: Okay, so if you like the idea, of listening to podcasts like this one on a regular basis, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and like and subscribe the RG podcast feed. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and smash the like button and get your information from the Rotor Grinders channels. Lots of smart people coming on here, myself excluded, but bime 4 and many others on here on a regular basis, giving you the lowdown. Go ahead and subscribe and like this stuff. You will appreciate it. Okay. Now it's time for the low-owned pick section. Bind four. This is where we're going to go through the bottom end of projected ownership. Pick out maybe one, two guys' position that you think has a chance to get there. Uh, give your lineup a little bit of an edge. And when I say an edge, I'm talking about mostly for these big, big, big fields. If you're if you're playing what buying for is in, like what are you what are you in like the the 50k entry like monster or whatever buying four? I mean you I mean you're out there playing with the big boys, right?
2: Not, not, not quite to to that level, but definitely a lot the smaller fields, right? Anywhere typically from, you know, the, uh, you know, 200 to 500 range or something like that. So really small field is where I like to focus.
1: Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to need like some of the guys I'll talk about here uh, on this one, you know, with, with the jobbers, but uh, go ahead and give me a play though. I don't care what tournament you're playing. Tell me a quarterback you think can get it done at low ownership, no matter where the hell you're playing.
2: So the one guy I brought up earlier that I'm not going to say low ownership, but definitely ownership that I don't think, at least as of right now, I'm concerned about his ownership is Joe Burrow. You talked about the matchup that uh, they had earlier earlier this year that he just absolutely lit them up. I think he's built to to kind of rip up this matchup, and their offense is built to rip up this matchup. Now I said I've said that about the Bengals a couple times this year, where like if they're smart, they're going to throw the ball to their wide receivers, and they don't do it. So you know, take that with a grain of salt. The <laughs> the the other guys are always seem to be uh, on these absolutely putrid and horrible and horrible teams, but we're getting these like bad game, you know, these, like all the worst teams in the league are playing each other. And I think they're all pretty, pretty interesting. I I do actually think I've given up on Trevor Lawrence (laughs) after last week, but I think Zach, Zach Wilson, actually uh, on the other side, he's getting a little bit of rushing work at the, at the goal line and the Jags are just absolutely awful. I think he's reasonably in play. And then the other guy for me would, would be Matt Ryan. You know, I know he's dusty. I know there's no Calvin Ridley and I know that the Lions slowed down the Cardinals, but uh, I think that that was pretty much a, a mirage. And I think, I think we could get an old-school, like, 303 Matt Ryan game here.
1: I'm going to give you two names here that you didn't mention, other other possibilities here. So, look, it's the it's the Patriots, and it's a tough matchup, and all that's going to be cold as whatever. Uh, but Josh Allen's good at scoring fantasy points, and he's not going to be high-owned. He's not going to be close to high-owned this week. No. One. So, uh, if you like guys who can go for 304 and rush for 100 yards, probably not in the same game, all, but – you know, you're looking at a guy like Josh Allen. This isn't the matchup to get excited about. But if you're make, if you're playing these big tournaments, get out there and get some Josh Allen at super low ownership. And here's a name that I wish I wouldn't say out loud. Drew Lock is knew it. one of these guys. I knew that's
2: who you were gonna say.
1: Look, his. One hand, he, he's going to, like, make an embarrassing <clears throat> interception or some terrible play, and you're going to say Drew Locke stinks. But this guy, if he absolutely strings together some of these plays that he's capable of making, he's, like, wildly awesome throws and, and, and they're deep touchdowns to underperforming receivers who haven't got done squat this year because they've been playing with Teddy Bridgewater. Drew Locke is the kind of guy who could get lucky in a game and actually string a couple of those plays together. You don't need a ton at 5,100. If you want a little bit of a unique roster construction, there's not a lot of guys that cheap that are that worthy of a play this week. I'm not in love with saying it out loud, but I do think it, and I'm sorry that I think it go ahead give me a running back.
2: Uh, my running back is actually on the same offense as, as that. Uh, Javante wiser. Williams. J- J- Much wiser. J- Javante, Javante Williams. Um, you know, I, this, I think we need to throw away this narrative of like, he's going to steal the job from Melvin Gordon. I think people have, that was very clearly never, never going to happen. They're in the playoff hunt. They're trying to win games. Melvin Gordon is a part of their offense and they don't want to give Javante Williams hundred percent of the work. But the the biggest thing that has changed that I think people are not talking about is passing game work. Javante is like an awesome pass protector and an awesome receiver. So he's growing into that role. And this matchup is, is great for him to be. I mean, he's, he's like always efficient on the ground. This matchup is great for him to be efficient on the ground. And if he can rack up some catches You know, he's going to be super low owned because we do have some some other options, but a really talented running back on a team that I do suspect is going to score a good amount of points compared him like at the same price to what we were talking about teams like Jags running backs and Jets running backs and all that. I prefer Javante to those guys.
1: Yeah, definitely a much wiser play. Okay, so let's let's pretend like I didn't say Josh Allen at the quarterback position. And I think the game goes the other way. Uh, One of these guys, Stevenson or uh, Damian Harris, or maybe both of them could be out. And no one's paying attention to the Patriots running backs in this game. I promise you, no one's going to give a crap the entire week. Uh, Then something's going to happen. They're not going to tell us what's going on. We're going to find out what's going on. And then they're going to be under own. And no matter which one it is, Harris, Stevenson, J.J. Taylor, uh, Brandon Bolden, for God's sakes. Whoever's (laughs) out there slated to get a ton of work for the Patriots, you might want to play that guy. Uh, So that's not an exact take, but I think that that's probably the angle you might want to start to shoot for. If you're looking to get a little bit different at the running back position, Uh, they will run the ball. I promise you that. Go ahead and give me a wide receiver.
2: Just looking at my, so I I talked about the Bengals. The first one that jumps out to me is T Higgins. Everybody uh, you know, he's not super, super low owned, but everybody seems to gravitate towards chase all the time. And we have higher ownership projected on chase despite To me, they're like the same. At at worst, they're like the same the same play. And I guess Chase is sexier. He does make a little bit more big plays and stuff like that. But if you can get T Higgins at lower ownership at a cheaper price in the same matchup, uh, I really like going after that. I'm going to throw two, two more. You mentioned Justin Jefferson, not low owned. But I think if anything, now with the Madison news, people will play Madison and people will spend up on cup. And then we do have a lot of other options. I, I personally don't foresee Justin Jefferson getting steamed up to a crazy level of ownership. And I'm not sure, even with Dylan back, I'm not sure people quite understand how good and how much upside he he has. And then the other one, you don't have to play him in a in a fade Cooper Cup lineup, but you were talking about in these crazy, crazy large, large fields. It's Odell Beckham. Um Odell has been pretty freaking awesome for, for the Rams. I don't, I don't think uh, he, he's lost a ton of, of ability. And if you do happen to get the game where Cooper cup doesn't catch all the touchdowns, I promise they're going to score some touchdowns. And I think Odell is the one guy that very clearly benefits from maybe a situation where, where cup doesn't go absolutely nuclear and you can play them both of course, but um, uh, he also makes for interesting leverage. I
1: feel like dudes under 10% who can get 10 targets. I might throw Stefan Diggs into the mix, uh, he can get more than 10 targets, that's for sure. And he's probably going to get a ton of targets this week if, if the Bills actually have the football. So, again, I'll, I'll flip the scenario. This is not the scenario where the the Patriots' backs are going off, but this is a situation regardless of whether you play Josh Allen where Stefan Diggs is going to be low owned because of the structure of this slate. And he's like, you know, he, he and uh, Cooper Cup are not this different. Like, I mean, they're different the way it's been going this year. But last year, yeah. Cooper Cup was Stephon Diggs. So go ahead and maybe consider doing that at the wide receiver position. If you want to get a swerve, any tight ends.
2: Oh yeah. Kyle Pitts. I'm not, I'm, I'm going down swinging. I'm going down swinging on, on Kyle Pitts. He has not scored. He scored one touchdown this, this entire season. I talked about the the Falcons just kind of liking over. I talked about CPAP, right. Talked about Matt Ryan. I I'm bullish on the Falcons here in, in this spot, in a, in a dome, you know, as we get to, winter winter issues uh weather and all that if there was going to be a time for Kyle Pitts to do it at super super low ownership I think I think that this is the week so I will definitely be having some Kyle Pitts
1: Uh, people wonder if I'm uh if I'm stacking a Buffalo Bills game against the Patriots uh who was who's the run back on that particular stack and it is Hunter Henry out there uh number one uh most likely player on this team outside of a running back to score a touchdown at this point in time, and definitely been getting target volume worthy of consideration, even outside of touchdown work lately. Now, if the bills are going off, they're probably going to have to uncork Mac Jones and not, you know, be able to run that kind of game plan that they would probably prefer to run. I think Henry would be in line for an additional uh, bunch of work if that were to be the case. And I do think the Patriots can have success on offense if, if it is a game where there's some points required. It's not very likely to happen. But again, if we're in one of these mega fields and we want to make a team with the Bills and the Patriots, I wouldn't mind getting Hunter Henry in there. Folks, that is going to do it for the ownership report in week 16. I wish you the best of luck and happy holidays in all your contests. My name is Chris Jimino. We'll be back again next week for Eric Bimefor. Go win something.